0: hear that two word phrase well what does it mean to you i mean does love works refer to the functionality of love how life just works better when you have a philosophy of love or does love works refer to specific acts of love where love works is referring to those works that communicate love or does love works refer to the effects of love where Uh, Love Works is about how love works on my soul or works in my relationship to make all things new and, well, you guessed it, Uh, all those definitions apply to this series, Love Works. Over the course of the next six weeks, we'll be studying these meanings for Love Works and one more. Because today, uh, we're going to study love works as the definition of the inner workings of love. Today, we're going to explore the inner mechanics of love, asking questions like, what is love? Where does love come from? How does love work? And to answer these love works questions, I'd like us to study what is probably the most famous verse in the Bible. At a sporting event, maybe you've seen uh, somebody in the stadium holding up this Bible reference. I've actually seen this Bible reference painted uh, on a man's bare chest, which I thought about doing for you but that wouldn't be loving that wouldn't be loving for anybody. So the most famous verse is John 3:16 and feel free to turn your bible there if you'd like. The context is Jesus having a private conversation with a religious leader named Nicodemus and Jesus says this, "For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. These are life-changing words. So let's highlight uh, these words uh, by studying together how love works. The first words that we're going to highlight are God and loved. And these two words lead us to the inner workings of love. What is love? Where does love come from? According to the Bible, the answer to these questions is God. Love is not something that humans made up. Love is not something that exists naturally or spontaneously in nature. No, the Bible declares, and Jesus made the centerpiece of his teaching, the truth that God is the inventor of love. All love has its origin in God because God is love. Now, when the Bible says that God is love, it does not mean that God is only love. No, God has many personal traits, perfect traits besides love. But the biblical statement that God is love refers to the fact that Above all God's character traits, God's most signature quality is love. God's dominant trait is unselfish, outward-focused, life-giving love, which means that love goes back as far as God goes back, which means that there was love before anything or anything anyone else existed. And if you're listening carefully, a very deep and important question is coming to your mind. You're asking, how can God be love? How could God be love when he existed alone? The only way you can have love is to have a relationship But if God is only by himself in the beginning, then how could there be love? Well, this question is answered in the mystery of the Trinity. It's tempting to think of the Trinity as a useless doctrine, or even worse than useless because it can be off-putting to some people. Or we just come to the conclusion that it must be a throwaway truth because it defies human rationality. I mean, human understanding cannot explain how God can be simultaneously one person and three persons at the same time. But what seems irrational to our finite minds, the Bible says, is true. And far from being useless, the Trinity explains the truth that God is love in himself in the truth that God lived in love even when God was alone in his existence in the universe. And Jesus explains this mystery with a deeper mystery, that from eternity there was always a love relationship within God between Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit. And Jesus references this truth in his prayer recorded in John chapter 17, verse 24. Jesus prayed, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus says that from the beginning, there was a love relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There was love even when there was only God, because there there is this eternal love relationship within the Godhead, which, properly understood, corrects a very widespread and common misperception about God. A while back, I got into a conversation with my barber. He was telling me about how he sees hundreds of people in a week and how when you get talking to them in the chair, you find out that they are very sad and angry. And he uh, asked me, why do you think that is? And uh, I said, I believe that there were two reasons why he saw so many sad and angry people. I said, the first reason is because we are created by God to have a relationship with God. God created us to find fulfillment only in a love relationship with him. People are sad and angry until they have this life-giving relationship with God. And my barber kind of squinted and said, do you really think that God wants a relationship with people? I said, absolutely. Uh, God came to us in Jesus for that very purpose. And so then he said, well, what's the second reason? And I said, the second reason you see so many sad and angry people is because you give terrible haircuts. (laughs) And he told me that uh, he only gives me terrible haircuts because my head is lopsided, which made me very sad and angry. So my point is that just like my barber, most people, (laughs) they, they can't even conceive of the idea that God wants a relationship with people because there is this misconception about God. Most people are convinced that God is an impersonal being who wants to be alone, who wants to be left alone and is certainly not interested in something as human as friendship and relationship. And this is exactly the opposite of the truth. Because the truth is, is that God is the inventor of relationship. All relationship has its origin in God. The reason we humans are relational is because we are created in God's image. Humans did not invent friendship or relationship, God did. From eternity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit shared this love relationship. But here's the good news. The good news revealed by Jesus, taught by Jesus, is that through the Son, God is inviting me and you to enter into their eternal love relationship. God is inviting me and you into the joy of this eternal love relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This isn't some crackpot theology that I just came up with. This is what Jesus prays in John chapter 17. Jesus prays, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they may share. In our love, the eternal love relationship you had with me from the beginning of the world, before the creation of the world, which brings us back to John 3.16, and particularly the last two words of John 3.16, eternal life. Eternal life is the goal of those first two words, God's love. For God so loved people like me and you that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have this thing called eternal life. John 3.16 begins with God's love and ends with eternal life because eternal life is God's goal. But the question becomes, how does Jesus define eternal life? And most people think they know what Jesus means by eternal life. Most people are convinced that by eternal life, Jesus is referring to something that takes place after I die. Most people are sure that what Jesus is referring to about eternal life is heaven after this life. But here's the truth the truth is that heaven is just a part of what Jesus means by eternal life. The other part Jesus has in mind is an experience in this life on earth to Jesus. Eternal life is is a quality of life that comes through experiencing God's love now, here, in this life, on earth, I'm not coming up with this. This is what Jesus says. Listen again to the same prayer that Jesus prays in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed, now this is eternal life. Here's the definition. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying that eternal life is what I experience in a daily love relationship with God here on earth. Jesus is saying that eternal life is not only for the next life. Jesus says that eternal life is what I experience right now, but then extends, of course, into the next life. To Jesus, eternal life is that highest quality life that comes through experiencing God's love in a never-ending relationship with Him. Do you see the implications of this definition of eternal life? Do you see the implications? The implication is that to the extent that you think that eternal life begins sometime else, begins somewhere else, you've got it all wrong. A forever relationship with God in heaven is just the logical extension of eternal life that you are experiencing in a love relationship with God now. The implication is that being a follower of Jesus means experiencing eternal life now by experiencing God's love in such a radical way that it changes everything in your life, including your relationships, and gives you an, a, a noticeably better and higher quality of life that the world can notice. The implication is that an unbeliever who is separated from this love relationship with God is not just missing a little better quality of life, but this person is experiencing death, they are perishing. Their lives are sad and angry because in their earthly life, they are in a death spiral of separation from the one who is love, who is the source of love and the only source of true life in this world and the next. The implication is that I can know this eternal life, and I can know that I have this eternal life if, and here's the proof, if I reflect to the watching world the fact that I have received this love by the way I act and way I treat other people in love. That's what Jesus says in his prayer, right? That the world would know that I am the sent one, Jesus says, by the fact that my followers love and they love out of this love relationship between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the individual. So I know I have eternal life if I am sharing God's love with those who are perishing without it just like I was before I came to Jesus. I know I am experiencing God's love when I reflect God's love in all my relationships in this world, at home, at work, at school, in my community. And that's what's being communicated in that little diagram that you saw just a few moments ago. Uh, Jesus said, the world will know that I am the sent one uh, when my followers are loving other people. And that's what we see in this diagram. That love begins with God, who is the source of all love. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son on the cross, and then as one by one, we put faith in Jesus, what he did on the cross, then we enter into this love relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're filled with God's love, and part of our experience of eternal life is is reflecting this love in our home, at work, at school, and in our community. That's how love works. This is how God's love works. This is the inner workings of love. Now, back to John chapter 3, verse 16, and the definition of eternal life. Jesus defines eternal life as something you experience now in this life and then extends into heaven when you leave this life. And I hope this definition gives you a sense of comfort about heaven because many of us uh, who follow Jesus are still a little nervous about heaven. Heaven seems so foreign and odd and unfamiliar, but Jesus teaches that for believers, heaven isn't going to be foreign territory. It's just an extension of the best parts of knowing and loving God here on earth. Heaven will just be the best parts of eternal life that we're experiencing now, only tons better. Pete and Jim were best friends. And uh, they were huge baseball fans. And they had a favorite discussion that, uh, in their throughout their friendship, which was, will there be baseball in heaven? So they made a pact that whoever would pass on first, that he would find a way to come back to the other friend and let that friend know whether or not there was baseball in heaven. So... Eventually, the day came, and Pete was the first to go. And sure enough, on the night of Pete's funeral, Pete mystically appeared to his friend Jim from the great beyond. And Jim said, oh, Pete, thanks for keeping the promise. So how about it? Is there baseball in heaven? And Pete says, well, Jim, I have some good news, and I have some bad news. And Jim says, okay, Oh, what's the good news? And Pete says, there is baseball in heaven, and it's tons better than baseball on earth. And Jim says, okay, what's the bad news? And Pete says, well, the bad news is, you're pitching tomorrow. (laughs) None of us know. None of us know. None of us know when we're going from the majors, you know, from the minors to the majors, you know. For all you know, you could be pitching tomorrow. So uh, if you're a believer, if you put your faith in Jesus, you have nothing to fear because what you're experiencing now is what Jesus calls eternal life. And you're just going to take with you this daily experience of God's love and then you have nothing to fear in this next life because heaven will just be an extension of who you know and love in this life, only tons better. So back again to John chapter 3, verse 16. We've studied the first two words, which are God's love, and we've studied the last two words, which are eternal life. The words in between form the bridge that... Uh, makes it possible for people like me and you to experience this highest quality eternal life in this world and the next. The words in between uh, God's love and eternal life are, God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. So in order to know God and experience his love, I must actively put faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. This is not just acknowledging the history about Jesus. After all, you know, all the demons do that. Believing is staking my life in this world and the next on the fact that Jesus, on the truth, that Jesus is who he said he was. Believing that there is forgiveness from God and that forgiveness comes as one by one, we personally apply what Jesus did on the cross to our lives. And if you have never done this, you must do that today. You must do it before you leave this room. Just whispering a simple prayer to God and asking God's forgiveness through your faith in Jesus. Do it with urgency, as if you were perishing a little bit more every day. Because if you're not in Jesus, you are. He was born not far away from where we are right now, in Bristol, Connecticut. By high school, he was considered one of the brightest high school football prospects in Connecticut history. He was so good that right out of college, uh, he was signed by the New England Patriots. And as a tight end with the Patriots, he was part of a, a Super Bowl run. But while he was fulfilling his dream, and making tons of money, He was also sad and angry, so angry that he turned to violence and was convicted for murder and sent to jail. Three days ago, Aaron Hernandez hung himself in a prison cell. He left no suicide note, but he had written in large script on his forehead, John 3.16. It's impossible to know exactly what these words of Jesus meant to this tragic soul. It's also impossible to miss the powerful message that life and death, life and death in this world and the next are determined by your response to the message of John 3.16 and God's invitation to his love works in the relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's inviting you into that very same love relationship. Life and death are on the line. This was certainly true in James Gibson's story. Uh, For the past two years, James has been on our facility staff here at Black Rock, and now God is leading him uh, to be a business owner and to pass the love that he's received from God on and forward.
1: Carlton Court, South Main Street, that's where I hung out.
0: This afternoon at 3.54 p.m., Norwalk Dispatch received multiple 911 calls reporting a shooting near Building 2 of
1: Carlton Court. As far as I could look back, you know, maybe about seven. You know, I never really wanted to be anything else but a gangster.
0: This being just one of the staggering number of violent crimes that have erupted there over the past 25 years.
1: I had an influential grandfather in my life who was, uh, you know, financially successful with restaurants, uh, pool pool hall, and, you know, you just had this lifestyle that you gravitated to. And and from there, you know, I just found myself gravitating to guns, gangs, you know, drugs, and eventually that kind of all evolved into, like, you know, addiction, alcoholism, and um, jails, and um, institutions. I had a a good family, a loving family, but I made a lot of bad decisions, and those decisions just spiraled. Ultimately, it was just the many times that I could have died and did. That aha moment was like a dark moment, you know, of realizing like, hey, you know, I have a problem. Like I I can't change. Like right now I need like I need help. You know, and I felt like man I could go back and do some of these same things and and kind of come up and and do good, you know, financially, but my soul would still be lost. Like I still, you know, wouldn't have what I've been missing, and I didn't want to do that all over again. So I kind of just threw my hands up and just said, "God, if if you know, you wouldn't let me die, do something with me." So yeah, I've been following Jesus ever since. Um, you know, I've been, I went to a New Life Discipleship program at the Bridgeport Rescue Mission where I stayed there for a year and graduated. From there, uh, I was working at Black Rock Church uh, as a facility manager for two years. Got into the ministry there um, for the outreach to the youth in Bridgeport. Uh, through basketball and Bible study. I mean, just, just sharing, you know, the hopeless position that I was in and sharing the hope that I have now, you know, it seems like it's been encouraging to, to those that, that are hopeless. You know, and then also just being able to serve and share from my experiences to try to prevent young men from going in the same directions that I've gone, like, hey, I've made those mistakes. You don't have to. And Here's a better way. You know, to me, that's what love is. Love steps in the gap and says, hey, you know, don't go that way. Don't, you know, go this way, you know, it'll be better for you. But you know, they will be going back home to to hard situations, and you wish that you could do more. Most recently, God has blessed me with this opportunity with Little Box Pizza to become an owner of, of my own business. You know, with Little Box, I feel like this opportunity is given back and I'll have an opportunity to be able to help someone like I've been helped and, and so on and so on and kind of continue passing the torch. And um, that's that's another thing that has inspired me about Little Box to be a part of a greater work. Those are the things that drive me and motivate me today. And um, it's that change of perspective that has happened to me because, you know, in the past, I mean, that was not me at all. And this world was definitely in need of love and, it can be passed from one person to the next with just a smile, a kind word, or even a pizza. Pick.
0: James. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right. All right. Come on. Right, come on. All right. Look at
0: that. You got a lot of fans here all right come on it's a half well only got an hour service here let's go um <laughs> hey so uh your story is god saving you from a uh a death spiral where you were perishing yeah. and uh could you bring us back to
1: the, the darkest days uh well if i think back pastor i about 15 is where i got into like a gang type lifestyle and, and drug dealing and that, that went on for like 20 years and um you know, one of those dark moments was when uh you know there was an attempt on my life like guys um in the ski mask you know um tried to try to kill me and um my, they hit my friend and he died in my arms. Mm. That was a real uh dark moment and um you know what's going on from there was like you know drug dealing and um you know turned into experimenting with drugs and that spiraled into uh, addiction and um, alcoholism. Mm. You know where where I actually overdosed two times. Wow. Yeah. And so that's kind of your your bottom, and then you surrendered to Jesus. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, that you know there was a time where it was like um, you know my mom was crying. She was like you know go to detox when, just for a day. You know I was like refusing to go, and I went, and in there it was like so I kind of called out to God. It was like you know you know you won't let me die. Do something with me. You know, and, and from there I've been uh, went to Bridgeport Rescue Mission and uh, began going, coming here to Black Rock. Yeah.
0: You know, you, you relate to a particular character in the Bible uh, who used to live in the tombs. He was in a in a death spiral because he was he was
1: possessed by evil. Yeah. Uh, tell tell me about how you kind of relate to him. Yeah, uh, the uh, the demoniac in in uh, Mark five. He um, you know, he, he stayed amongst the tombs and he would break the chains, you know, and, and he would hurt himself. And, I, you know, I would try to change and I would just go right back to the same old thing. And um, when, when he met Jesus, it reminds me of like now, like I, you know, I received him as Savior, but this time it felt like I received him as my Lord. And, you know, and from there I've gone out to just share, you know, what God has done in my life. Let's
0: even include here at BlackRock. How how have you kind of over the past two years kind of
1: expressed your love uh, to uh, BlackRock here uh, as you work? Oh, well, you know, um, just in doing so as I'm cleaning the building, you know, just going around praying, praying for, you know, the seats as I'm, you know, cleaning in here, maybe uh, just praying like if someone sits here, you know, God bless them. If they need healing, you know, bless them in that way, you know. Kind of do that throughout the day. Yeah. Pray for them. They're, they are dirty, slobby. People <laughs> too. Uh,
0: and uh, so uh, just like that uh, guy in Mark 5, uh, you know, Jesus uh, saves him with his love, and uh, he's set free. He's in his right mind. And then Jesus says, now go to the world. Uh, and one of the things you say in that video is that you want to uh, show love by standing in
1: the gap. For for particularly young men, uh, yeah. tell me about that. Let's well, definitely. Um, just my experience in the ministry here was is that you know, young men are struggling with similar things that I've gone through, but also I've noticed that you know they go home after you share Jesus with them. They go home to the same situations, and I've found that a lot of those are are could be fixed with finances mm-hmm. to some degree. And um, you know, with Little Box, this opportunity creates opportunity for me to be able to. Hire and also um, create, um, you know, owners. You know, to be able to go out and duplicate the same thing. Mm. So, when is your last day here at BlackRock? Uh, my last day working here will be this uh, this coming week, uh, this weekend. And um, you know, it, it, it was an awesome time here. I have a lot of relationships here at BlackRock. You know, that keep me, and yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing everyone in church. Yeah, that's Sunday.
0: right. You're not going anywhere. No, this I'll is your church, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you for living out the truth of God's uh, inner workings of love, uh, how love works. Uh, is you you experience his love, and then you share it with other people. Thank you for living that uh, each day, because those of us who know you just find you one of the most loving people uh, that thank you can ever meet. Thanks. Thank yeah. you, Pastor. Yeah, let's thank you. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have Uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.